Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with Lee Gerdes about how the brain can heal itself naturally. This episode is brought to you by Midwest Functional Neurology Center, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion syndrome, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in the Midwest. They have greatly helped me and many others And you can find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hi, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council, and I recently released my second book, Embracing the Journey, Moving Forward After Brain Injury. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zelmer. Today, my guest is Lee Gerdes, and Lee is the founder of Saraset, a wellness company that helps clients manage stress, restore hope, and finally achieve restful sleep through patented brain echo technology. He is an experienced computer engineer with a background in psychology, physics, and math, and created Saraset to ease his own stress and restless nights following a violent physical attack that left him traumatized. His proprietary algorithm has been used to help over 130,000 worldwide and has been the subject of several successful clinical trials by Wake Forest University and the U.S. military. So welcome to the podcast, Lee. I'm very happy to have you here today. Good morning, Amy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Lee, I you have a very interesting story and, you know, everything that you've done. And I forgot to mention in your intro that you also have a book um, titled Limitless You, um, which is in the show notes. Um, so I think we have a lot to talk about today in our half hour together. So why don't we jump in and have you start just by sharing your story um, and what happened to you? Okay. Well, as as you know from your experience, um, one minute everything's one way, and one minute mm. everything's another way. You know, that's what happened to me. How it happened is really inconsequential, but in my case it was a four youth and a baseball bat. But um, that happened in 1992. And, you know, from there my life kind of uh, spiraled, and, and it wasn't upward. <laughs> as, as you know, I mean, you know, yeah. there were there were all the things. Um, there was sleep. There was periodic headaches and dizziness. Um, there was the lack of clear thinking and gaps in thinking, if you will. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You had those too, yeah. And yeah. Um, and then the, you know the, um, the the reasonability response to a situation. Um, 
if you know what I mean by that. Uh, you know, sometimes you would realize that your response to a person or situation just wasn't reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you would respond. Or appropriate. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to use. I didn't want to use that. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> but that's absolutely true. <laughs> and and there were there were times too when you know making decisions were, wow, you you thought you made the one, then you would second guess, and then you would third guess, and then you would x guess, right? I mean, it was kind of hard to come to a decision at times. But the biggest thing, Amy, for me, was after eight years of struggle and doing everything I was supposed to do based on, you know, psychotherapy, based on um, medical intervention, um, I, I was worse, much worse. So um, that that's the that lack of hope starts coming in, right? And um, and that's a toughie. Mm-hmm. But um, to overcome that, um, actually not to overcome it, but only to see it, I started to look at my own brain. And I found out that <clears throat> I hacked together some – my background is in computer software a lot. And, you know, I I worked in computer software back when people – most people didn't know what computer software was. But um, the, the – the problem um, I wanted to see, or I, uh, the thing I wanted to observe, actually, was I wanted to observe my brain. And so I hacked together some software, used some rudimentary EEG equipment, and started watching my brain over a period of time and noticing how I felt, you know, before I watched it. And so when I did that a number of times, I found out that when I was feeling really bad, I was much more asymmetrical when I was feeling less bad. And so um, I thought um, that if I could find a way to help the brain um, become symmetrical, it would be a good thing. I also thought that um, although many were well-intentioned who tried to help me, um, they didn't really see or understand my brain as I was starting to. Because I started to see that my brain was, in fact, the driver of the organ of central command, driving everything, mm-hmm. exactly, everything, including my healing. And so when I thought about that and then tried to measure, well, what do I do with this organ of central command, with this computer, effectively, in my mind's eye, right? I know medicine people will not like that, because, and I know that why. But... Still, for me, as an engineer, that's what I saw it as. I saw it as parallel computing processing. So I had left and right computers, right, or left and right hemispheres of the brain. And mm-hmm. all cores, and corresponding lobes were different computers doing different things, basically. So that's my imagery that I used to start to understand it. And then um, how I understood it was again, based on looking at the asymmetry or the imbalance. Um, So what I did was instead of trying to intervene or insert anything in that complicated system, instead of taking the high side or the low side, um, you know, I I took something in between. I thought I saw that as sort of the, um, you know, the, 
the fulcrum of the lever, the place where everything turns. And I started trying to just echo that. Um, I looked at dominant frequencies in that middle range and, and just played them back. Um, and here we are today, 130,000 clients later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was rudimentary then, by the way. I mean, it's very sophisticated now. Um, it took me <laughs> took me well over a hundred hours uh, to to use it. It takes four to six now. So you know, it's it was rudimentary, but that's the that's the basis of it. Mm-hmm. And you know what I just find so fascinating and. You know, you're obviously not the first and the only, um, but you took it upon yourself to find something to fix you, (laughs) right? Like you weren't getting the help you needed from traditional medicine. And I think that's where so many things like this began. Um, And, you know, and I think people like you have the best interests in creating these things, right? Like you, you created this to help yourself, Right, and Amy, therefore I, now it's helping millions of others. Amy, I, I sort of wish that were true, but the truth is, I just didn't have any way to turn. I, I was losing hope. I, I was, mm-hmm. I was close to throwing up my hands. And the only reason I hadn't done it before, probably, was because I didn't want to leave a legacy for my children. And. Um, and so um, it was out of desperation. It wasn't out of creativity. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got that right. It was just, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? Um, and, here, and here I am. You know, it's, it's amazing mm-hmm. stuff. And it, it tells us, too, it gives us all a little bit of insight in terms of if you're out there, you know, as a um, a person surviving, or if you're out there at head injury, or if you're out there as a caregiver, uh, there's hope. There's hope. Mm-hmm. Um, this this organ of central command, uh, its its major purpose is to keep us alive. And when we have a a trauma, a, particularly a blunt force trauma. Um, it shifts in order to do that. But the shifting it does doesn't often serve the rest of our life and doesn't bring us quality of life or doesn't bring us personal power and capability. So that's what, you know, we want to help. We want to give that potential and that hope by balancing the brain. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you... I mean, how did you even begin? I get it that you were a software engineer, but like, how did you even begin to comprehend that you could do what you were doing? <laughs> like oh, for me, that, that's just way out of oh. my realm of thinking, right? <laughs> oh, hey, that's a cool question because uh, you know, you we all do, we we all lean on what we know, right? Uh huh. And I mean, you you write and communicate. Uh, um, I, I do now, but I didn't then. Not that much, you know what I mean? What yeah. I did was I, I solved it. I solved problems, <laughs> and, 
and so when when I when I you, you only I I could only see it as I saw it, and how I saw it was parallel computers, and I had to help them get parallel. I couldn't allow one to be low functioning, one to be high. I had to bring them to the same state, but yet I couldn't touch either one particularly. So what could I do? I could show them the middle processing range that I thought that they should process and see if they did. And voila, they did. I mean, it was it was so bloody simple that I hate to admit it. People think I'm actually <laughs> smart because I'm not. <laughs> uh, but uh, that that's how it came about, and um, and so it wasn't anything like it wasn't magic at all. Um, it's close to magic now because I have great engineers that have worked on it. But uh, from my standpoint, it wasn't. And so is your is the brain echo technology is that something that like any consumer can get their hands on or is it something you have to go through a clinic to use it how how does that part of it work well we we talk to the um FDA a lot and uh we thought about uh having a, a having an indication for uh, insomnia because we did an insomnia trial um, at Wake Forest Medical School, Dr. Charles Tegler, neurologist there, and that was hugely successful. And at the same time, uh, another insomnia trial for, you know, uh, biofeedback, neurofeedback was not successful. And so that even gave us more energy to go for the clinical trial, but or the for the indication. But the FDA said, you know, um, it's going to take you a long time to do this, and uh, you're a relatively small company, and you got a lot of, you have over 500 people with no negative indications, right, that have used your technology in clinical trials. So why don't you just be in the wellness space? Why don't you help people, um, uh, instead of solving a quote-unquote disease, why don't you help people be people? And that's what I loved help people have hope, help them to find out, find their greatest potential, help them to find what they can do to heal themselves, not have somebody else do it. Yeah. That, Amy, is, is my life. That, that is my life. And so that's what we're doing at Saraset now. We're, we're taking this out in a franchise model. And um, we're, we all, we'll have 25 offices open by the end of this month and our first European office open by about the 1st of January. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, people are seeing it and they're gravitating towards, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. When I cut my hand, my body does heal itself. Yeah. Why wouldn't, uh-huh. why wouldn't my, why wouldn't my brain do the same thing if I give it an opportunity? Oh yeah. Well, they're right on too. This isn't about, uh, rocket science. It's a lot Actually, it's a lot more complicated than that, but um, uh, in some ways, it it isn't that complicated. It's just supporting the brain to heal itself, and you can do certain things to help that along, uh, and you've already done them, I bet. Uh, For one thing, you know, we know you can help yourself with nature. Taking a walk in nature is hugely helpful. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. 
and you know being being quiet with yourself and increasing awareness um your counseling can can be helpful in terms of uh controlling some of the symptoms um certainly some medications may be helpful in terms of controlling some of the symptoms but they don't heal them that it doesn't end the symptom right and 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 so what I was trying to do then, and what I, what we're trying to do now, is work from the inside out, so that symptom just isn't there. And and you can go on with your life in other ways. You don't have to keep managing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And and I think you know, for anyone listening who's still struggling, no matter how far out you are, whether you're two weeks, two months, two years. 20 years, right? You can still heal your brain. Um, Yeah, I was eight years, right? Right, right. And, you know, your brain is, neuroplasticity is amazing. And the key is you just have to find the right therapies. um, Is that the right word? To, To help you rewire your brain and getting it back to where it used to be because the problem is when you injure your brain your brain rewires itself it sends a signal elsewhere and it never goes back to that efficient route on its own you have to help it get there so to speak and i assume maybe that's a little bit of what your technology does and that's everything it does by the way yeah Right, so you need to get it rewired back to that original pathway, but your brain can't do it on its own. It needs a little bit of help to get there. And I think that's the biggest key that traditional medicine is missing right now. They just want a magic pill that will fix it, and obviously no such thing exists. No, um, it doesn't, and it, and it won't. You You can yeah. clamp down the brain for anxiety, or you might boost it a little bit for depression, but that doesn't change it. Mm-hmm. It just it just uh, deals with the symptom. Exactly. <clears throat> and, and when you deal you with know, the symptom, oh, excuse me, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, you know, my group, I have almost 10,000 people in my Facebook group. And I bet you half those people are on antidepressants because doctors tell them, oh, you're just depressed. And I, that was me. The doctors wanted to put me on antidepressant. And it's like, no, the depression is a symptom. It is not the cause. There, And don't get me wrong. There, there's definitely cases where people need antidepressants. But in the vast majority of them, we're over-medicating people, and it's making them worse. It's not helping them, right? Because they're yeah. not treating the cause. They're just treating a symptom, you know. Yeah. So. And we, we now have the luxury, because of large numbers of people and data, to have seen people who had uh, attempted suicide, uh, by the way, close to the time when they first came in as clients. And we know what that brain looked like. Exactly, and they were it, it did have a unique pattern in it, and so um, that that's a that's a telltale sign that you know when you feel like there's no hope and it's time to end it, then you have to realize that you're you're making a long term decision for a short term problem, and there is in fact hope and there is in fact help, and the big thing is to keep on keeping on, just keep walking. Mm-hmm. 
And, so, you know, and um, I'd venture to guess there's a lot of people listening. You know, myself was included. I, I was in so much pain. Doctors were telling me there's nothing we can do. Just give it time. Just give it time. Just give it time. And you, you really do feel helpless and hopeless. And you're in, for me, I was in so much pain. I just wanted the pain to go away. It wasn't even that I wanted to like kick the bucket, you know, but I really just didn't want to be here anymore because I was in so much pain. Yeah. And I, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've had the opportunity to work with a, a number of people, um, over half of them uh, soldiers who have, who are single, double, triple and quadruple amputees. And all of their issues were, the first issue was, um, please, if you can just get rid of the pain in my left leg when they didn't have one, or my right arm when they didn't have one, it was it was phantom pain, and and most at least sleep was one of their top five issues. If you can help me sleep, so yes, um, I can say boldly that for those hundred, that pain ended within a matter of days, and. Um, but we didn't do it. They did it. They allowed their brain to be relaxed and it reset itself. And in doing so, that indication for pain simply went away. It was gone. It wasn't there anymore. So um, that's what self-healing is. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah, and it's what we're made. You know, the majority of us are very, very healthy when we're born. The vast majority of babies are very healthy when they're when they're born. So the the world has a way of kind of roughing us up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, and we we need help, right? We we need help to find find ways to help ourselves. That's what we need. And so um, Sarah said, is one of those ways, and I get a chance at this time in my life, as you say, even after that those eight years, they seem trivial to me now after seeing the afterglow of hope and health for all these people. It seems like nothing I could have gone through would have been too much for this venture I'm on now. There would have been mm-hmm. a no price I could have paid that would have been this good. Um, so I'm sort of the luckiest guy on the planet, I think, you know, at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and I'm here to, I'm here to share that good news because not simply those who have had the blunt force trauma to their head, but also to their caregivers and to their and to their medical support team. Um, Amy, that it, it's uh, that trauma is shared, right? It's not one person; it's many. And the the loved ones can't do anything about it. And it leaves them feeling sort of helpless too. Um, and yet, you know what? 
everybody has some kind of answer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Um, I think so. Well, everybody will tell you, well, if you have this, you need that. Yes, right. Well, if you're dizzyly, when you get a, you need this. If you have a headache, you need that. If you, well, yeah, wait a minute. Those, those. If you're down, you really need to get out of bed and get moving. No, you, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. Yes. I can't. I mean, I couldn't, Amy. I, I, God help me, I couldn't. I tried. You know, in biofeedback and neurofeedback, I don't know, fifty or hundred sessions in the mid '90s, and three to three years afterwards, I, it just, I got worse. Because I got hopeless that I couldn't do anything, and so to me that this this whole opportunity of just mirroring the brain and working with it directly in brain echo it was like a gift from God directly i just I couldn't believe it, I still have difficulty believing it, and interestingly, even the medical school at Wake Forest, they decided to do a, a pilot trial for athletes who had persisting post-concussion symptom, right, um, for a year and a half or more. And you know, Amy, that's a long time for persisting post-concussion, right? Yes. <laughs> if you have it for six months, you're pretty likely to have it for a long, long time, if not forever. And so they did these this contingent of um, mostly college athletes. And um, it was so amazing and so fulfilling to see that the results of that study showed that, you know, 12 of the 20 athletes they work with went back to their field of play. There's never been an athlete to even go back to his or her field of play after that long. And all 20 of them, what I think is the really coolest part, <laughs> all 20 of them, A, slept well, and B, got better grades than they did before. And sleep is so critical to feeling well. It's everything. Mm-hmm. It's the baseline. If you, if you can't do that, you can't get there. Yeah. Even Even to the degree that when we work with some retired NFL players, you know, who who come in and they're sort of disoriented and they've had a number of concussions um, um, and very likely CTE candidates. What science has proven and talked to us about now is the fact that in REM sleep, the gut releases an enzyme and that enzyme eats plaque. Now, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. And so, Amy, when we don't sleep well, and that doesn't mean that we knock ourselves out with a few beers, that doesn't mean we take a medication to do it, right? Sleep well is natural process. And it's and and, and when you when you sleep well and you it's it's restful when you wake up and feel invigorated in the morning, that's a whole different thing. And that process is very, very big part of healing. And and now we know it's a big, yeah. Now we know it's a big part of healing, not just for 
brain injury, but also for the elderly who are dealing with certain aspects of um, cognitive impairment. Um, I would I'd love to have a loudspeaker to all of them and say, you know, if you could just sleep well, because none of them do. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So sleeping is huge. Yeah, our big thing and Sarah said in all of in all of our brandy marketing is to say, you know, what a relaxed brain will do is reset itself so it can have really restful sleep. And that's baseline. That's everything builds on that. Mm-hmm. Well, Lee, we are just about out of time and I knew this was going to be such a, a wonderful conversation. Um, I just, I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your journey. And, you know, just thank you for all that you're doing. You know, this, this is a, product that has the potential to change millions of lives so I really applaud you for all of your hard work and efforts um, that have gone into Saraset so thank you thank, for being thank here thank you and, and thank you for your work too I mean it's great it, that's the awareness that I think the government needed to give us a grant to work with other brain injured people in the military it's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah I mean yeah. We, we have to keep people aware the brain is the organ of central command, and when it doesn't work, yep. sorry, your life is compromised. Yeah, exactly. You are exactly right. So thank you, Lee, for being here, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I do have the link to Lee's book, Limitless You, The Infinite Possibilities of a Balanced Brain. I have the, the link to his book in the show notes, so be sure to check that out as well. And just another big thank you to our sponsor, Midwest Functional Neurology Center, the concussion doctors you can trust in the Midwest. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And you can find all of our previous podcast episodes at facesoftbi.com. And again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone. And I will see you all again next time.